Hello, welcome to your Liverpool FC podcast, uh, the second of the week. Uh, we're earning our money this week. Uh, I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined by James Pearce, by Christian Walsh and by Ian Doyle. Um, we're here to have a little look back to uh, Bordeaux and a little look forward to Swansea. Uh, James, first of all, Bordeaux last night, um, not a brilliant performance by any means, uh, especially second half, it got very bitty, didn't it? But uh, what we do have is a Liverpool team qualified and uh, will be appearing in Europe in the new year. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a, a great game, was it? I think it was certainly nowhere near the heights that Liverpool reached at, at the Etihad last weekend, but you know, it was a different type of game. Bordeaux came and tried to frustrate Liverpool and, and they did that for big chunks of the game and it, yeah, it should have been a lot more comfortable than it was. I think, I think probably the pleasing thing was that and probably the big difference uh, compared to the Liverpool we saw earlier on in the season was that when something major went against them in a game that they came back from it and you know time and time again during the closing months of Rogers's reign we, we saw um, you know the shoulders hunch and the body language was poor when when fate conspired against them but um, certainly last night I thought uh, you know that to give away such a poor goal on the back of Mignolet's gaff to to come back like they did they did get, get level within five minutes with Milner's penalty and then a wonderful strike from Benteke to Put them in front. The only frustration was it didn't add to that in the second half because it, you know, it, it got nervy towards the end when it when it shouldn't have been because uh, Liverpool had the chances before that to, to put it to bed. Christian, the uh, I saw a stat last night. I think Liverpool have only come from behind to win four or five games this this in twenty fifteen. I think that was the first time it's happened at Anfield, which is incredible, really. Uh, indicative, I suppose, of you know struggles they've had at Anfield over the last twelve months. 12, yeah, 15. certainly, it's um, you know. I think Liverpool, you could tell from the second that they conceded that goal that they, they thought Ray will get back on the front foot here. And I think, you know, Klein got in quite an advanced, uh, advanced position quite early on after the kick-off. So, you know, I think it was it was, there was a clear intent there to, to not go in 1-0 down at half-time. Um, but I think, it, yeah, it does reflect on, on the, the problems and the, and the you know, the downturn in form at Anfield over the past, you know, I'd be I'd be amazed if that didn't extend to be honest into maybe twenty fourteen fifteen as a whole, you know, um, what we used to be such a good home record is is now woefully average, um, if not below. So it was good to see that reversed. It was good to see, uh, you know, a real intent about about Liverpool. Not not as James says, no no shoulders were hunched. No, you know, well, what are we going to do now? It was much more of a well, okay, we've gone behind in absolutely ridiculous fashion. Let's rectify this as, as soon as possible. They get lucky with the penalty, of course. In my opinion, um, you know, lucky in the sense that most good defenders wouldn't even think about making that sort of challenge, and the referee could have easily not given it as well. But they did. They, they profited from that, and then they, they didn't take the foot off the gas, and they were they were you know strong enough to, to get the goal on the stroke of half time. You know, it's a, it is a world of difference from the sort of limp, meagre performances and, and almost submissions that you saw against your Norwich, Carlisle, Sion, where even after going behind uh, in a game, um, they you know in the past 18 months when the people go behind and they get one back at 1-1, they couldn't push on and find that second this time, they did. Um, and they look good value for it, to be honest. I know it was a bit nervy towards the end, but in general, I think Liverpool will, will be happy with that. Really, um, loads of discussion about Simon Mignolet. He's always been a goalkeeper who sort of 
um, to a certain extent, a split opinion, um, certainly in recent times. Um, the thing that worried me about what he was doing in terms of holding on to the ball was that the indecision seemed to be sort of representative of where his mind is sometimes. And he, he looked like he was going to throw it out, then he changed his mind, then suddenly it was 22 seconds and obviously they've got a very dangerous indirect free kick. Um, where do you think that mistake leaves him? Just put it behind him and move on like he seemed keen to after? Well, it was just one of those things, wasn't it? I think you've, uh, how many of us have seen that happen before? Because I can't remember. I, I don't ever ever see. I've it. never seen one given for yeah, sure. But yeah. I don't see any goalkeepers holding the ball for twenty-two seconds. Well, maybe no. you mentioned then about indecision. And I think if you go back to this time last year, is when he was dropped against United. I think it was this weekend actually coming up. And um, you know he got back in the team against Burnley. And since then he said, you know, I remember speak, we spoke to him, and he he was asked about what's changed. And he said, well, I've just decided to make decisions. I'm just not thinking about stuff anymore. I'm just going out and doing it, going out clearing it, punching the ball. You know throwing the ball out, he's just getting on and doing it. And you could tell his game improved. But you're right, it does seem as though in that particular instance, he's, 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 he's a bit more indecisive. But that could just be I, one I thought right, right from the start last night, he they did that playing around thing where he passes it to the um, he passes it to the full-back. And straight and, and, and in that, that position in the corner, straight away the crowd got nervous well, that's and the, didn't that's like the crowd, it. Isn't it? I mean, that, that's no, but it was also a bad position. It was bad, it was bad <laughs> position to put... Put the, you know, to put his player in and they played it about a bit and, and it was just I think it's a similar situation with Dejan Lovren where people think that if he plays it simple and keeps the game where you know where he's at his best so with Mignolet just clear the ball with Lovren don't start thinking you're more, you're a better defender than you are and then and they're both better when they, when they keep it simple and Mignolet just came out last night from the, almost it was the very first passage of play I yeah, think was, yeah. and uh Instantly, you thought, "Oh no, not one of those nights." But you, you, you feel those jitters or Ryan Anfield when the ball's at his feet. I think quite often, and I think, yeah, you're right. You know, his his big strengths, you know, are you know, his shot stopping, isn't it? That's that's what you know. There's few better than him in the Premier League when it comes to that. Yet, with the ball at his feet and with, with crosses into the box, you know, in terms of commanding his area, those are, are probably the, the 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 areas that you'd say are a real concern. Uh, and that's why that there will be an ongoing debate about where he stands going forward. Because uh, you know, I think Mignolet is probably in the same bracket as quite a few players in that squad at the moment. Where you know, I think Klopp will be taking probably from now till May to to run the rule over them and decide whether they are part of his long term plan. Because you know, I think a lot of people will probably look at that last night, and you know, I think Mignolet is. A lot of people made up their mind about him very early on that he wasn't good enough. To, to be a number one for a prolonged period, and and they'll they'll use that 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 bizarre gaff to, to, as a stick to beat him with. But you know I don't I don't think it affects Minnelli in the short term in terms of his place. I think Adam Bogdan has done absolutely nothing wrong since he joined. But I don't see him coming into the team. He'll probably play against Southampton in the League Cup next week. Yeah. Um. But uh. But no. It's it, it was just it was just one of those things that should have been avoided because. That Mignolet has enough enough problems and enough you know things that people have a go at him for without him adding uh, fuel to the fire with a, with an incident like that. It was I mean, a little bit like what he did against Burnley when he let the ball go oh. and he never cleared it and it went out for a for a corner. Yeah. And in that that sense, that you know he was he couldn't decide on what he wanted to do when he ended up doing nothing, yeah, which yeah. is basically what happened on that Thursday night. But since then, 
last season. That's where he that's where he turned his season around. So when he wasn't overthinking yeah. things. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we mentioned before. Yeah. We should give some credit to the lad who finished it. By the way, I think didn't he? It was. A, it was a... No, let's not give them any credit. Bordeaux. <laughs> that was, that was Bordeaux. Let's wait. Bordeaux were. That was pretty well, I mean, hopeless. You, you could, you could <laughs> argue that was a were fault for that because he takes that step to the left. When he, I mean, why, why isn't he going? He's never he's... getting it though, is he? It's top bin. He made a good save at the end. I think it was better than four out of ten, which could have thrown his, you gave him. Could have thrown his. You gave him four out of ten, though, didn't you? I did, yeah, and I've and uh, <laughs> and I'd given four out of ten, and I've been criticised by some people for being yeah. over generous and some for being too harsh, which makes me think it was absolutely spot on. Um, <laughs> you just keep telling yourself. Yeah. Well, you talk about you talk about over overthinking. This is this is the this is the time where a lot of players will be overthinking because they've got a new manager, and they're thinking, well, I know what I used to do, but new managers here. What do I do? What 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 would what would Jürgen want me to do? You know, do you think Jürgen has? That, do you think Klopp has said to him, "I want you doing this and this"? And then well, when that wasn't on, it confused I've him. I've noticed that during the warm-ups that you know he, he's been working a lot on his long throws. He's, he, he's been receiving the ball and just launching them back to Akterberg or Bogdan. That's going to be all about swift transition. Exactly, that Klopp you know loves, that, that idea of, of, of quick. So he sort of, but maybe he's also been told. But obviously, if there's no one there, don't do it. So he's got caught in this in this sort of go-between where he doesn't quite know what to do you know an, an hour later he's still got the ball in his hands so you know I think you can criticise him for overthinking but I also think it's a bit understandable in that situation because a little bit like the like the Burnley one perhaps because you know he, he let, let's put that into context when he did that when he did that mistake at Burnley he's just been taken out of the team for the Man United game and he's basically been dropped for Brad Jones which no one wants to be and it's unlikely no one, anyone everyone ever will be again. The, whoever the Bradford number one isn't now. And you sort of, he, he's come back in after Jones got injured and essentially he's probably got the ball there and he's thinking, right, what, what, am I, what am I meant to do here? And this is the sort of, maybe this is the problem with Mignolet a little bit like last night. He's thought, what am I meant to do? You know, is he, is he naturally the type of goalkeeper Liverpool needs? Maybe not. Maybe he's not being his true self. He's best when he's flinging himself in front of shots, blocking shots, coming in and just clearing everyone out that he does maybe once a game. Um, but, you know, he, I can see why he's overthinking because I think he's sort of going against his natural goalkeeping instinct. Yeah. Now, I want to move on to the other end of the pitch, strikers. Um, Dorley Bentake was, I think, rightly sort of man of the match, obviously, got the Seven goal. Seven out of ten, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. There was no one on that pitch who deserved an hit. And if you, if, I think, Cola. I, Cola. Uh, no, absolutely not. Oh, uh, two, two crucial blocks. Yeah, but you've got to three but, key pops to the volley. Yeah, yeah. What, what an effort it was. Anyway, but sorry, uh, no, the point was Benteke. But my point was that Benteke didn't do anything really for me that we we shouldn't expect from him most weeks. You know, he 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 scored a very good goal, but he potentially had chances. You know, Firmino pulled an absolutely great ball back to him in front of the cop second half, which he should have buried. And, you know, maybe it was a couple of easier chances that he should have scored, and then he scored, you know, a very good goal. But um, the striker I really want to talk about was the one who wasn't on the pitch, because he was really the story all before the game. Hmm. Where where are we now with Daniel Sturridge? Is your patience running thin? Is Jürgen's patience running thin? Is He obviously uh, had an interesting press conference where you were at today. Um, where do you think we are now with the, the, you know, a striker that most of us for the last couple of years have felt that Liverpool's fortunes depended on? Well, you've just hit the, the nail on the head then by saying they feel as though the fortunes depend on him. I think the feeling now is that they don't. And that's the thing. is that They're winning at Manchester City, winning at Chelsea. Well, they won at Manchester City with no strikers to start off, start off with. Then they win at Chelsea when Benteke comes on, makes a difference. You know, they've started winning games, started scoring goals. 
And last season, they never really had a particularly fine run, on, well, apart from you know the spell between January and March. And then a big deal was made of the fact that, oh, this would have been even better if we had a striker. But now Liverpool are doing just as well without storage. And I think that's something that maybe he should be, he should really be busting a gut to get back into the team rather than the minute he feels something. He's, he's obviously naturally going to be concerned if he's been out for, for a very long time and he doesn't want to break down again. But, you know, as you just mentioned, then Jurgen Klopp, he said something in the press conference about, you know, Daniel's got to learn the difference between serious pain and just only pain, I think was the, the quote. I think that's and the thing, isn't it? Because very rarely as a, a player, how, many, how often do you go out and you feel 100%? Well, that's it. That's it. I mean... You, you ask all the players, you know, you heard stories of people having injections or people having secret Steve injuries. Gerrard, yeah. imagine so, how many injections exactly he had over the years. Certainly towards the end of the, end of the season when they picked up this, that and the other and the tide on top of that. I mean, you only have to look at, you know, Gerrard's book yeah. where he just tells a story about when Sturridge didn't really fancy playing against United, United a couple yeah. of seasons ago. He has to cajole him into playing and, of course, who scores the winner? It's Daniel Sturridge. So, I think... Well, Liverpool have done about as much as they probably could do. It's now up to Daniel Sturridge. If he still wants to make it at Liverpool, he's going to have to start putting... It, it sounds harsh, putting his body on the line for it. Yeah, it's one of the most regrettable things of the past 20 years for me in terms of Liverpool. They've got this absolutely phenomenal talent. And for whatever reason, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, they just can't keep them fit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I was saying before to a couple of lads, it's... You wonder that 2013-14 season, what what was more of a miracle? Suarez becoming the, the, the Suarez that he became, or the fact that he got 29 league games out of storage? Yeah. Because that's that. You think about what what's since followed. To only miss nine league games in the league campaigns, incredible. It's, I mean, how, how did he do that? But well, you wonder if that's maybe a knock-on effect of that. Maybe he overplays, and you know you can't blame Rodgers for that or whatever. But you know, maybe that that 29 out of 38 games. The knock-on effect now is the next two campaigns. He's just he's not quite there. Yeah, I think I think the other the other big dif- difference. You you look back at that season, you think a there was a real rivalry between him and Luis Suarez, where I think that brought the best out of Sturridge, where he had that you know he they didn't particularly get on. Uh, there was no love lost between the two of them. Um, so I think that drove Sturridge on that season. You know, were trying to match Suarez goal for goal and, and also there was a title to be won that I think spurred him on he didn't want to miss out he fancied it um, and also Liverpool didn't have the extra midweek commitment so it was only one game a week for most of the season so I think I think that helped him but it has been it is sad the way it's gone I mean, I mean he I, signed a new five year contract a year ago he yeah. was the club's highest earner on 150 grand a week so when people say Liverpool should just regard his availability as a bonus how can you possibly treat someone on that kind of money as a, as a bonus when he's around? I think he's either he's either is the, the the main man, and you know which goes with the kind of salary they're paying him. And if he can't be that main man, then you have to look at you know whether it is time to move him on. And I think that's why the next six months is massive for him. I mean, I'd love I'd love to see him do be, do the things that he's you know, done previously, and, and and potentially even add, you know add add to what he's done uh, in the next few months, but. My, I can't help thinking that everything that Klopp's done has always all been about certainty since he's come in. You know, he's, he 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 talks about where he wants players to be exactly on the pitch when they lose the ball and put them into specific positions so that anything that happens on the pitch they always know where they should be. Now I look at Daniel Sturridge and he just reeks of uncertainty to me, and that that's good to me. That's sending every alarm bell in Jurgen Klopp's head off, and everything that he's about to me tells him that I can't rely on you, man, yeah. and that. That to me means that 
uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I really do think that Daniel Sturridge, um, I mean, quick poll, who thinks Daniel Sturridge will be at Liverpool starting next season? I, I don't think so. Starting or at the club in general? Uh, at the club. Yeah. Percy? I think it's such a difficult one. I think it depends what kind of offers will be on the table next summer and what happens between now and then. I I think probably yes, because I still retain some hope that he will put this dismal run of injuries behind him. But the clock's ticking because you're right. You know how can how can you plan for the future with someone who's so unreliable? Really? Nope. On the basis that if a decent striker becomes available and Klopp wants him in the summer, who's the striker that he's going to make way? Is it going to be Benteke or Sturridge? Because he's not going to get rid of a Regan, he won't get rid of Ings. Who's it going to be? Mm. He's going to pick storage, isn't he? I mean, I think I said when he came back from training, sorry, back to training originally from the the original injury, that you know now is the time to sort of throw him in. Don't 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 be molly coddle him back into the team. Don't be, you know, usher him in with ten minutes here, fifteen minutes there. Throw him in and let's find out just what Klopp has here because you can't plan around without him. But. You know, lo and behold, he hasn't even had the chance to do that. He's broken down again. I mean, obviously, it's not serious, but you know, at what point do it, at what point does does Klopp's patience run out? How long is he going to give him to prove himself, or or does there come a point? Maybe it is the summer where he goes, I need a new striker now, and, and this is what happens. I I'm like James. I I just retain maybe it's misplaced faith that he can he can get back to back to his best and back fit. Um, let's park the Europa League there for now. Just uh, obviously the the. Final game in um, to come in a couple of weeks. Uh, Swansea Sunday. Uh, I mean, for me, just as I thought that Crystal Palace were probably the worst team we could have played um, after uh, the you know the last European game. Uh, Swansea are one of those teams. I think that uh, Ian, when they come to town, they're not one of those teams who makes it particularly difficult for you. They'll if, if they're going to beat you, they'll try and beat you with their football and. Um, to me, I don't think Liverpool could have had a better game to follow a midweek game uh, than Swansea at home. I agree with you, apart from you've got to take into account that Gary Monk's under a bit of pressure. So whether or not the you know the need to get a result doesn't work. For him, this need to get results for well, teams. No, what, what, what I mean bottom, by that they is just keep losing. Ball, I don't think Swansea are actually near Four, the bottom. Fourteen. Yeah. Anyway, the point being is that they won't probably come and play with the normal. Approach, they won't be playing the normal football that you'd expect from Swansea wherever they go. Maybe because they need a result or not to get absolutely tonked, they need to you know keep things tight at the back. Whether, I don't, they, can, I don't, whether they can or not, yeah, whether I just, they've got the players to do it. I don't, a, I don't think they can play that way. And I think their chairman, who obviously is the guy who'd have the decision on Monk, has always been very clear for the last few years about how he wants his teams to play and he chooses yeah. his managers on that basis, doesn't he, Pierce? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it is a good good team for Liverpool to play against I think um, I think you're right they will they won't just come and frustrate and, and, and try and get a point and that should play into Liverpool's hands and we've seen you know what happened what happened last weekend what Liverpool can do against the team that comes out and tries to play against them um, so it, um, so yeah I think you know Gary Monk is under massive pressure it was interesting this week reading some Ashley Williams quotes where he said he didn't feel as if the players had done enough to come out in support of him and that that all points to a, you know a bit of an unhappy camp to be honest. And I think I think it's one win in nine, um, and uh, you know they have looked vulnerable defensively, certainly against Bournemouth from what I saw last weekend. So no, I think it's a good game for Liverpool, and they they just need to you know it, it would just be such a waste not to win this game, having you know having gone to City and sent out a statement like that 
you know, you, you, you look at the table and you, and you think it is a must-win game for Liverpool, really. If they, if they are serious about challenging for the top four, they have to be putting, putting this one to bed. Christian, the, um, there was decent atmosphere in, in Anfield. Uh, I don't know, obviously it's almost it's sad that we say that with a sense of surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I thought there was a, a decent noise in the stadium, albeit half of it created by annoyance at the ref, I think, uh, on uh, Thursday night. The worst ref of all time. <laughs> so we go into Swansea, uh, obviously with a home game, uh, and you know they can score goals against you, Swansea, but uh, are you expecting us to go back to the potentially the front three we saw at, at, at City with Firmino, Lalana, Coutinho if he's fit, or do you think that Benteke did enough the other night to think that he'd keep his starting place? I think Benteke did enough, but it just depends on his fitness, really. Um, you know, I, I suppose I was looking at Firmino towards the uh, towards the end of um, the game against Bordeaux, and he he drawn himself ragged. I know he did have a productive game on the ball, but he was very effective pressing. He looked quite tired. Um, so could he be the one to be rested? Could be the one to be rested, but you know, don't know. I mean, obviously, Casino was fifty-fifty, and he's he's. he's Back in training, he's been pictured at Melbourne for training, but you know, would he risk him when you've when you've got more games coming up, a busy Christmas period? So I think Ben Seke somehow will get in there. Um, I, I just think as well. I, I think you know Williams and I think is it the uh, is it it's not Fazio? It's um, I can't remember. It's the Argentinian Fernandes, lad, yeah, for, for, yeah. Um, he's he's a, he's a big fella, isn't he? He's um, and I, th- I think they'll want someone to occupy those back two and, and, and let the and let the ball players, if you will, sort of occupy the space in front. So I can I can you know I don't know what he'll pick in terms of the front three, uh, but I don't think it'll be the same as Man City or Chelsea. I think that's his go-to one for the big away games now, or even just away games in general. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Liverpool get space to play, and I think that front three is work. It's just I think, but you know, Benzema's you know everyone was quietly impressed with what the Belgian did against Bordeaux. I know he missed a couple of chances, etc. But you know, I think he probably deserves to, to sustain this momentum providing he's fit enough. Yeah, and no, would you expect uh, obviously Skirtle was well enough to make the bench uh, on Thursday. It was illness rather than injury that sort of kept him out. We'd expect to see him back in, He'll be uh, playing. It'll yeah. be a could be a big game for Joe Allen as well, I think, from what um, Jurgen Klopp was saying in his press conference on Friday. That he took him off after an hour basically to protect him under the impression that he's going to be playing because uh, obviously Lucas Labour's injured and he'll be up against his old club. I mean, Joe Allen's one of those players that you know the fans are never going to massively take to him. But you know, Got a great ovation, though, didn't he? You know, when he came off. There was, he was appreciated his efforts, wasn't he? Well, that's it. I mean, they'll always appreciate somebody puts a, puts a shift in, but I think they want a bit more than that from somebody. Uh, but obviously, he's a player who's so closely linked to the, to the Rodgers era that maybe needs a p- good performance or two just to you know move away from that and show what he can do under Jurgen Klopp. I think it's tough as well. It's not his natural position. Is it this the, the deepest midfielder? I mean, I know uh, Jurgen's trying to redefine midfielders now with, with Lucas, what he said about Lucas as well. But, you know, it's, it's, he's got to, Alan's going to need help from um, from Chan. If, you know, if, if we assume Chan and Milner are the, the, the two midfielders ahead, you know, he's going to need help from both of them. He's, he's, he's not, he's not, he has got the physical... The, phys- the physical nature of Lucas, and he hasn't got that, you know, that movement of, of intercepting and mopping up loose balls. So he's, he, you know, he needs to, he needs the help from his from his teammates there more than Lucas. Well, it's been a good week for Liverpool. Two good wins, um, uh, qualification in Europe, and uh, you know, Swansea represent the team. They should be on Sunday. Uh, let's hope they do. This has been your LFC podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
Ik vind een burger van 2GB stiekem meer dan genoeg. Niet omdat het moet. Nu 2 gig data met een 0 minuten bel- en sms-bundel voor maar 9 euro per maand. Omdat het kan. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.